orders come. Execute order 91.1. Yes, my lord. WVGL. Hey everyone, this is Trey Atkins alongside Campbell Garbert, Jack Vesey, and Graham Copeland. Welcome to the Barners Before Bed Show, Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on Weagle 91.1 FM. Your home for late night Auburn athletic coverage from a fan's perspective each hump day. War Eagle. And with that, we bring you episode 16 of Barners Before Bed here on Weagle 91.1. And you know, there's not much to say. Heartbreak. Pain. A pain that has been a common theme over my three years here as a student at Auburn University. And tonight was just another chapter in that pain. As I'm sure the city of Auburn is well aware, our very own Auburn Tigers men's basketball team had a 90-85 to overtime defeat. Not only was it a, a painful loss in regards to our bubble watch SEC tournament seating, and NCAA tournament seeding, but it was a loss to our cross-state rival. And with all that's going on in college basketball, one would say that America was on our back tonight. And I wouldn't say we let America down, but we had an opportunity to really make a statement and really unite the country behind the orange and blue. And we let it slip away. With 10 minutes left to go, we had a 97.7 chance of winning the game. And... Once again, down the stretch, let it slip away. I'm joined here tonight by Campbell Garber. Jack and Graham are not here. Garber, the floor is yours. What are your thoughts from tonight? Yeah, I mean, it's, once again, it's, uh, it's been a recurring theme on this show. A lot of, a lot of the times, a lot of, a lot of losses. Um, this one stings. This one really, because we had it. I mean, it's just been, it's been a common theme this whole season. With the Auburn Tigers, especially basketball, in the basketball season, you know, we we play so hard. We play all the way, you know, we play we play with the best of them. I mean, we're literally playing with the best of them. We're playing with Alabama, play with Tennessee on the road, play with Alabama at the road, play with Alabama at home, with Kentucky, or not with Kentucky. But, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, we're – I don't know. It's it, it's hard. It's hard to talk about. Hard to, hard to kind of put words into what I'm feeling right now. In the sense that, you know, we just you get so close. You play so hard. You know, we shot out of out of our minds. You know, we're fixing one issue, and then you know another issue arises. You know, the issue this season. You know, we're a bottom six percentile three point shooting team this year, and then we shoot sixty percent from the field. I mean, we shoot lights out all day. Katie Johnson outside that last one at the buzzer was four for four in the game. I mean, Wendell hits that big one late Flanagan's on fire, hitting them, hitting threes, you know, and, you know, we're staying with them. And then it's just at the end, you know, late game, well, 10, 17 point lead just erased. I mean, I think from last 10 minutes of the game, they went on a 26 to nine run. And, you know, it's just like during that run, I was saying this to Trey, you know, we just, we looked lost almost. Like, you know, we, like, we, you know, when the game got close, no one seemed to want to have the ball in their hand, especially after the Janai sequence, you know, that long break, that really hurt us, which, I mean, you know, you never want to be a refs guy, but 
some of the calls were questionable and not questionable in the college basketball world as, you know, as usually the the overwhelming favorite home team generally does get a lean with the stripes. The stripes lean one way. But, I mean, that that's just not a foul, in my opinion. I, I don't see how that was. And probably the most – that was probably the most important play of the game. That was probably the most pivotal pivotal play of the game, I'd say. You know, Jani Broom going into that play with four fouls, going for a loose ball. I mean, he's got – he gets – his arm is hung, hung up and with Quinterly, and he just gets slung to the ground. And somehow it's a foul on him. I I don't know. It was a bizarre, bizarre call. And then, you know, the – Probably almost almost a ten minute break because the Alabama players that were ejected, Betty Yako and someone else, and one of the coaches was went across the court. But I mean, man, it's just you just can't the discipline, the mental. It just seems all mental at this point. You know what's happening late down the stretch. Yeah. So let's break this down from that that foul. So I first of all, you brought up Javon Guerney, and like I've never had an Alabama basketball player. Or I've had this mal taste or like this dislike towards a basketball player from that program ever. I guess since he's been here for such a long period of time, and also he's very vocal on Twitter, and also this team's just very unlikable. I don't like Nate Oates. I think he's he is a square, and I really don't think he doesn't have much character. And they're just so corny at the blue collar basketball. We can go on and on. But from that foul, we knew that Alabama was going to make a run, right? They're too talented. They're at home. Yes, yes. It's a rivalry game. It's March. Like that, everyone who's watched college basketball knew that was going to happen. But when that little, um, how would I describe it? Brouhaha, if you will, uh, between the two squads where Alabama had two players ejected and Querney tried to punk Janai. And I see Wendell Green run over and back up his teammate. I was like, okay, we're not scared. We're not going to let these guys punk us, basically. So I was, in the back of my head, I was like, we could, we could do this. We could, we could finish this one off. Then fast forward, I, re- I feel like that period from that, well, when did that happen? Around the seven-minute mark? Yes, I believe there was about seven minutes left. In the game. And then the next five minutes to me was a blur. And when you're a sports fan, you're just locked in the moment. And that was a blur. Then... Roughly around a minute left, they turned the ball over. We got the ball. 30 seconds left. I'm thinking in the back of my head, please, please do not shoot a long two. Because I knew if we would shoot a long two, it'd be a long rebound. They would get it. They'd have four to five seconds left to maybe get up a shot, and they would get down the court. And we've seen just bam. I feel like Bama when you look at those like house of highlights, like best college basketball buzzer beaters, they've had like three like half court buzzer beaters that come to mind. The one against UCLA, the NCAA tournament during COVID. And then the one from like eight years ago. Yeah. And I was thinking, Oh boy, here we go. We're going to be, we're going to be on a house of highlights bleacher report video for years to come. But Katie gets the steal, which also I'm thinking anytime Katie's near a Pivotal play, I'm, I'm thinking like, no, no, no. So I'm thinking, don't foul, don't foul. We go into overtime, and then I guess the better team just came out on top, and we had our chances too. Yeah, and it, it's been a common experience. And, yeah, I'm preaching to the choir here talking to Auburn fans about how, you know, we got to lead, you know, we're the underdog, we got to lead late. And it's just like you just never feel safe. 
and I, and I really, especially this season, just the way we've played against so many good teams, so many strong teams, just so many teams in general this season, you know, we like played so hard, played even well, like we played well. And it's just like, and you know, on paper it's, Oh, well, yeah. What you said, Trey, 97% win percentage. Like, Oh, you should be, you should win this. We still have that like that feeling in your stomach, that pit in your stomach that mm, what's, what's going to happen. Like we got to keep, Laying it on, and I, I I let it happen this time. I, you know, I was like, "What if? What if this is the game that we don't? You know, the game that we don't. We don't. I wouldn't say choke it. We don't just let it go. Don't let it slip by. And it just slowly but surely. And I really in late game, you know, we got that steal and uh, like Wendell hitting those threes were really making me feel that. You know, I was like, "Oh well, we're not just laying down. We're not just letting them just run all over. They're not, we're not. They're not going to go out and just win this outright by." eight points you know we're gonna be we're gonna take it all the way to the end let's go to the last play last play i agree with you i you knew it was gonna happen too I, yeah no i i did as soon as as soon as i saw him just drill he gets he gets across half court and just stops and, and i'm not saying that we needed to you know immediately drive that's not my that was not my i think we should have definitely held it for like the last shot or at least what should be the last shot there's no movement there's no it just it it, it we all saw it kind of coming to the end and I get and someone made a good point like if we're passing around you don't want the ball to end up in not necessarily like a bad player's hand but in the wrong hands in the situation you know you want that ball you want that ball realistically in Wendell or Katie Johnson's hands in, at the end of the game I would have liked to seen it in Katie's just because he was we had this discussion a couple shows ago talking about who do you want Auburn out of the last yeah, we were shot talking about who's and the, it's the hot hand yeah. it's the hot hand because we don't have we don't have a Jabari Smith this year you know, we have good players, but we don't have the guy that's, you know, just been consistent, come in every game, been consistent, knockdown shooter. So, I don't know. I, yeah, that was, a, that was a hard one. That was a, that was a hard sequence to watch. And, you know, you kind of just felt it as soon as the buzzer went off for overtime that, you know, it's, it might, I don't, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I feel like always after a tough loss as a sports fan, you look back at the plays and you're thinking, like, wow. That would have been on highlight films, pregame hype up videos for years to come. the The epitome of what I'm referring to would have to be the Trey Mason touchdown against Florida State. I mean, that would have a statue outside Jordan Hare. But tonight, the Wendell step back uh, three. There were th- roughly that put us up four with about two minutes and change left, if I'm not mistaken. Such a dirty play, and there was yeah. not dirty as in that was awesome to watch it was Iverson-esque and that was just so beautiful and it was so confident it was early in the shot clock too that was the Wendell that I the the night that I found out about Wendell was a year ago at Coleman when he was making those type of shots those step backs and the reverse layups that that really put us on the scene and then that sort of sort of brought like a light bulb flashback to me and once again that highlight film will go into the files and slip away yeah that's true. It, it is definitely going to be yeah, a forgotten moment. Uh, a Marcus Page, UNC, if you will. Yeah, no, that that's up there. A um, lot of them. Some some stats. There there really wasn't any glaring stats. We dominated the stat sheet besides the turnover margin. The turnover margin wasn't even that drastic. It was eighteen to fourteen. But I guess the one that would stand out to me is we shot sixty percent from three compared to Alabama's twenty five point eight. And this is Bama's been getting their flowers for this for years, but I really didn't appreciate it until I looked at the shot chart from tonight. They only shot two mid-range jumpers, and they've really adapted this new era of basketball. Be 
the Steph Curry era, with three over two era, and actually no, I'd say it's more like the analytical era, but that that was mind blowing to see. And field goal percentage was forty six percent for Auburn, forty three point nine percent for Bama, and then the foul count: Auburn twenty nine, Bama twenty. Which that that's something I want to talk about. I I like I, I mentioned it earlier. I don't I I don't think that that you know you can't do it every game. And you, and I and I try not to because it really is, you know, it's a it's a hard job as, as a referee, and that you know you got to be able to overcome some of that adversity. But what I didn't like was the lack of consi- consistency. Yes, in contact in the paint, contact on shots, because there are a lot of like a lot, a lot of a lot of like I was, we were watching a big group, and a lot of our friends were you know were getting angry that we we would drive in the paint and you know get some contact and like. Like the KD Johnson late game, going up for the layup gets there's contact there. I don't even hate the no call, but what I hated was during those sixteen when they erased the sixteen point seventeen point lead. Why every single time it seemed that every single time that a Bama player went into the paint and drew any sort of contact, whether it be you know foul worthy or not, there was a whistle blown every time, and that really boosted them to that helped helped them during their stretch because they were not particularly shooting it. They were not shooting it particularly well during that time, during the game. And so getting all those extra free throws really helped, you know, even that gap. And I don't know, it was the lack of consistency, you know, across the board on what, and it's hard, it's hard to make that judgment call. And it's especially hard when you're in a packed Coleman Coliseum with a bunch of uh, Alabama, (laughs) Alabama people, if you can call them that in, in the crowd, uh, in your ear, but yeah, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we got robbed by fouls, but it was pivotal because we lost Janai Broom, our best player, arguably uh, with about eight minutes left to go in the game. We lost Jalen Williams, arguably one of our also best players. Lior was playing the four. Lior was playing the four spot. I mean, by the end, we had a ragtag group out there by the end. I mean, I'm, I give so much credit to the team. We fought like, I don't want to hear a single person say that we don't care that we that we laid down. That didn't happen. It's just it's the thing that's been frustrating. It's been a common recurring theme. Is in the in late games we just we don't we just don't seem somehow they don't seem prepared. Even though they've been in these moments so many times, and we have a lot and so many so many returning players, you know that that played in March last year, that played that played in Nashville, that played in big games for the last two years. And it just comes down to the end, and it doesn't seem like anyone wants to be the guy to take over. That wants to, uh, I don't know. That want that, yeah. It just it's it's frustrating, man. Yeah. It sucks. Well, buckle up, get your popcorn ready because we got thirty more days left of this month, Garber. I don't know how yeah. long we'll be watching basketball for these thirty days, but as of right now, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. But with that, we're gonna take a short break here on Barnes for Bed. Thank you guys for staying up with us, and we will be back. Shortly, we're back. Barnes for bed here on Weagle ninety one point one, and we will close the chapter. And hopefully, as our team probably discussed in the locker room about moving on to the next game, we will as well. We have the Tennessee Volunteers coming in town on Saturday, which very. If you want to compare it to another time that while we were students here, I feel like this is sort of what we experienced in the last fall where we had that heartbreaker against Mississippi State. But it was like, okay, we're not giving up on the season. 
we sort of have something to look forward to to Saturday. If we came out and got punked tonight by Bama, the vibe for the jungle this upcoming Saturday would be like, well, let's just throw in the towel. Well, I don't, I don't know about that because the message since, I mean, the message we've gotten, you know, Bruce has gotten from you know media is that we just needed to win one of these last three and we're in, or at least that we're we're pretty much as long as we don't lay an egg in Nashville that we'll be there, and so. I think I think this I think kind of regardless of how we did today, I think Saturday was going to be a huge game. Okay, but as a fan, would you not feel a little apathetic after like if we were to got blown out tonight? Oh, for sure, I definitely for sure would have. Um, in terms of vibes, but I think people would still, you know, I think they would. Uh, I think Bruce and Bruce will not I mean now that we've lost is going to make is going to be out here this next up until Saturday, going to be preaching to get people out there get. Everyone, you know, he because he was doing it. What game was he? That home game. Um, yeah, I know uh, Missouri. Missouri, yeah, he was getting because that was. I mean, that was a must win. I mean, if we lost that, it was over. But you know, preaching, you know, to Auburn fans that if you have a ticket and you can't go, trade it, like get it to somebody. We need, we need it packed. I'd imagine that'll probably be the the sentiment echoed by Bruce and the athletic department from Auburn. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's it's a must win game. It's a must win. Can't lose. Doesn't matter how you put it. It's a must win, so I think I think the people will be out there. But I agree. I I think it's just it's yeah. If we had gotten you know lost by twenty five tonight, I think the vibes would have definitely been down in the sense that yeah. And Tennessee is a unique opponent because I feel like every SEC team has that one cross divisional if we want to talk in football terms or even like interdivisional that's not necessarily one of your primetime rivals but one that you have like a sort of it just means more beating them to you personally and I feel like for this team especially since Bruce Pearl coached there there's something in the water every time we play Tennessee and especially after the last time we played them the controversial call to end the game and it's March a lot on the line I'm personally especially I'll say it. I'm looking forward to Saturday, and I think that we win I, at home. I I do as well. I I really do. I'm gonna hit you with something. So Tennessee has not has lost the last four away games. They haven't they haven't won an away game since they beat LSU on the road, and that was when was that? That was January twenty first. So wow. it, it, they haven't won an away game, and that was LSU too. So not the, not necessarily the strongest opponent. Um, unfortunately, it's sad to hear, but Zakai Ziegler went down yesterday. Uh, Has there been anything released about the, his status? He's torn ACL. He's, wow. Oh, yep. So he check Twitter more often. So he That's is funny. he is not going to be playing Saturday, and likely will not be playing. For the rest of the year, so likely he might not even play next year. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, he will not be playing for the rest of the year. So, um, that is something that is a struggle for Tennessee that they're going to have to overcome. Also, and March then, Rick Barnes as well. Exactly. We got that. We got that going. We got that going. And then just playing playing at Auburn. I mean, this year has been a little different. You know, we snapped the streak, have two losses. But if you don't think the crowd Saturday is going to be in it. You're crazy. I mean, ESPN's covering it. Um, I don't think it'll, I don't necessarily think it'll be game day, but yeah, we won't get Billis and uh, no, but Shulman. They'll be at Carolina Duke. It, yeah, yeah, that's true. They'll definitely be there. Um, but yeah, I I agree. I I think we match up decently well with them, especially now that Zakai Ziegler is not in the game. 
kind of in the picture for them. You know, dangerous guards been kind of an issue for us. But I want to kind of go back to one of your points you were saying. I think, yeah, I, I agree. There is kind of a rivalry sense almost between Auburn and, Al- and Tennessee. And I think the reason for that is that both teams have kind of come up on the rise at the same time in the SEC and in the country in basketball. Um, kind of Bruce Pearl and Rick Barnes arrived at each of their places kind of around similar similar timelines and kind of started making, you know, similar runs. You, you know, we've really kind of had similar programs in the last couple. Oh, of- very much so. And so I think that's like we want to be the we want to be the cool new guy kind of the basketball scene in the SEC and they do too. And you know, whenever you want to be the cool new guy, you don't like the other you don't like the other guy. So I think that's kind of been the, that's kind of the why we had that rivalry since, and then we've had some had that great game, in, you know, twenty nineteen SEC tournament, and yeah, yeah. But Tennessee's always hung around for years. They've had some competitive teams when Bruce was there, obviously that's Hobson, true. that's true, Chisholm, all those all those boys, and then I'd say the Barnes and Bruce era is parallel domestically as in the SEC, but the Final Four run in 2019 and Tennessee's consistent failures early on in March would probably put Auburn a tad bit ahead. Would you agree? Yes, I, no, I would. No, that's what I was saying. I, I think there's been sustained success, like at least somewhat success for Tennessee, more so than Auburn in the last 20 years. I'd say sustained but mediocrity. Mediocrity, but at least com- competing. Cause, I mean, they didn't, they didn't go through as bad of dog days as Auburn has. But, yes, I'd say that us going to that Final Four kind of solidified. And really the year after, we were very dominant the, the year after. And, and they had a bad year that year, we, too. Yep, yeah, exactly. It's a kind of what if year, the COVID year. Um, yeah, I'm excited for I'm excited for Saturday. What um do we have any other big games on Saturday that are like eye lookers worth a? I've not looked, but obviously Tobacco up. Road. Mm-hmm. Tennessee and Auburn have had some great games over the years too. It it all started in 2018. This this little rise to prominence between the two when they when Auburn and Tennessee split the SEC regular season, the Grant Williams Admiral Schofield Tennessee teams. If you think that any team like Duke team in the past was annoying with flopping, you should go back and watch those two. Grant Williams still does in the NBA. It is painful on the eyes. And I guess it was sort of just opposite play styles too. It was Auburn came, came on this rise with like the fun, like running gun, like Harper Brown, like go, go, go. If you blink, you'll miss a three. And then Tennessee was the European style of like, we'll slow it down, run sets, run all these cuts and well, still is. I mean, they're just they're both defense, unique defense, in their own ways to this conference, uh, to a conference that has always been known for peak athleticism, and we will out physical you. And I guess that's still the brand of the SEC. That is still definitely the brand of the SEC. When I would I would definitely say that that is. It's uh, I'd say other other leagues, um, especially when you get into like the mid majors, you can kind of see like not that not that coaching is not good in the SEC, but it's it's just different basketball minds up kind of up kind of north and midwest where it's kind of i'd say you know they smarter just real smart basketball because they know what they have and they like you gotta make up for it but the sec you know we're getting every athlete we want yeah no, no this is how i imagine like june practices 
in the SEC, I see us doing like bear crawls and running up hills. Yeah. But in the Big Ten, they're definitely running sets. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like Bo Ryan and all those guys are uh-huh. definitely like practicing screens. Uh, oh, but, like the Big East. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. But speaking of the SEC, we let's turn our attention to Nashville because, unfortunately, uh, we will all be out of town next week, so there will be no show. But Nashville – before I say this, the, the SEC tournament needs to be there every year. We just need to stop flirting. I know there's some con- there was a contract thing with Missouri to have it in St. Louis yeah, in 2018. Just bidding. I don't know money, what money there. I yeah, guess. what I was the point of Tampa last year? There's no SEC besides Florida. There's no SEC team no. in the vicinity of. The only that thing site. I can think of is that it's around spring break time, so you know you're ar- you might already be in Florida. You might already be kind of on the coast. You know, going to the beach, maybe go. To- draw fans there but i don't know yeah. i it's it like when the big 10 tournament was in at the garden it's like what like rutgers was the only like school nearby but when did that happen that was uh i want to say 2018 it was some t- they, the that's, gardens that's had kinda, like that, a that's variety like, that's, uh, that's kind of sacrilegious i think yeah the big east yeah, runs yeah, that, the garden the, the big east takes the garden that it that, may have been brooklyn i know the acc had it in brooklyn one year but anyways nashville bama clinched the one seed tonight and cut down the nets Kind of Mickey Mouse to cut down the nets for a regular season title. Uh, we've done it. We, we've done it. All right, fair. What? Uh, whatever. Still, Kentucky's think probably Mouse. done it. <laughs> In what, like the fifties? <laughs> um, I believe Anim locked up the two seed tonight with Kentucky losing to Vandy. Uh, ten- or Kentucky and Tennessee are tied for that third spot right now. The the vault or uh, the Commodores moving up to the five spot, ten and seven, with the opportunity to snag. That three spot, then Auburn and Missouri at the six and seven respectively, State at at the eight spot, and then Arkansas currently at the nine under five hundred in the SEC. What a prize for Bama, by the way. I saw some Bama fans complaining about this on Twitter. What for getting the one seed, you have the opportunity to play possibly Arkansas, Auburn, or Missouri. Mississippi State, I they're a bad matchup for Bama, but the, those three. Actually, no, they're not. They're not a bad matchup. I don't know what I'm talking about. State can take them in Nashville. But those four teams right there, Missouri, Auburn, State, and Arkansas, that's a terrible prize for winning the conference. Yeah. I, no, I, I agree. Um, I don't think that they necessarily – I don't know. I, I don't think that they would I – I wouldn't want to play my rival three times in a season if I didn't need to, if I already won the first two. Um, if you don't think the Tigers will be hungry if we get another shot at Bama, they will be. Um, Arkansas is another dangerous team. I think that's kind of getting slept on right now. Um, they're, I mean, it's just good. They got good coaching. I, I like Musselman. I think you know you can say whatever about his you know theatrics and personality, but man, he like he he knows how to get his players fired up. He's he's kind of a pearl type in the sense that you know get, he's he, so he's unique a, though. He's a motivator. He's oh he's very unique, but he's a you know, he's a motivator. You know, get some get some going. Yeah. No. And um. I just had to go back and look it up. The last time Bama and State played, Bama won by three at home. And I believe Bama has beat all four of these teams twice. So, and it's hard to beat a good team three times. And all these teams are respectable. There are no walk-in-the-park games, especially on that Thursday. It's that one spot, and that game's going to be a Thursday at one. And Bama's going to be walking in when these teams are going to have played the night before and gotten used to the arena, had shots up already, got a game under their belt. So, especially if it's Auburn, too, and I can – who do you think would bring more fans to Nashville between those two? 
I'd say and Bama Between has Auburn a, and Alabama. Bama is a broader fan base, but I feel like Nashville is such an Auburn alumni uh, city. There's a good amount of Alabama too. Um, that'd be interesting. I think because Bama is the one, they'll bring. They'll probably bring a lot. They'll probably have a lot. They're probably yeah. There's probably gonna be a lot of red in Nashville in the streets of Broadway um, during the week, but. I I would not be shocked that there were a lot of if if if, there, if it was majority Auburn. It's just just because you know leaving the state, leaving the state of Alabama, Auburn Auburn is more likely to travel than Tennessee is, but or than Alabama is. But I will tell you this: there's still going to be that god awful blue all across the all across yeah, the dude. arena. They just they the the Kentucky faithful they love that's their fa- their favorite pastime is coming to Nashville, and they lo- they park the bus, they sit in that arena for every single game. It's. I've been to so many SEC tournaments, and it's it's half Kentucky yeah, every that, every time. That is in the state of Kentucky. That is a vacation for a lot that, of fans. That's, but, that is the vacation. But before we go to break, I see on this list six teams that could possibly win. So this is going to be the most unique and fascinating SEC tournament that excuse me that we we're going to see for a while. And also, there's going to be so many more storylines coming to this. Who knows what's going to happen with the Bama stuff? Who's who's uh who's got some stuff at stake? Like I, got, I mean, we do obviously. Oh, so many teams are on the bubble. Yeah, too. we got so many bubble teams. Um, I mean, where where's Kentucky at right now? Are they? Uh, if they're they've got to be pretty. Cool, so Kentucky has a tremendous amount of quad one wins, but probably the worst losses in the conference: a home loss to South Carolina, away loss to Georgia, and then tonight. Which dampers on a pretty solid resume. It's like if you have a fantastic resume, if you're applying for a job, you do all this stuff, you do all the volunteer stuff, but then like they find out that you got like an MIP. That's sort of like Kentucky, South Carolina. And then, but yeah, no, but I'm as you brought up the the fans for this tournament. Who besides Kentucky? Who do you think is going to bring the next two most populated fan bases? Tennessee will bring a lot. Um, yeah, okay, obviously um, Tennessee, too. Tennessee and Nashville. Um, okay, you gotta hate that orange way more than Kentucky boy. Well, I just I I would always just like I I've never liked. I've, I mean, growing up watching SEC basketball, you mean you can't like Kentucky? No. Why? Kentucky's always had likable players. John Wall, no. like. But they're but but they're the they're the patriot they were the patriots you know they were I mean how many years did they no right. yeah yes they, that's a bad comparison no but for, Kentucky- for, the, for for the SEC it was and it's also just they're at every game so it's just it, it's just kind of funny it's kind of like it's kind of like the couple of Alabama fans every anytime you go to any Auburn sporting event uh, not playing Alabama you'll see you'll see a good bit of crimsons there every time they can't get enough of us so yeah. Uh, looking down the list, I think sneaky one could be Arkansas, Arkansas, yeah. Arkansas, but they're not. I can see a lot of them. hog fans before the season started buying tickets for this. Yes, yes, I, yeah, I, I, I could as well. Um, with their high expectations, and this is one of those tournaments. Like, even if your team is not good, you still get a Nashville trip. Like, so if you buy your tickets before the season starts, before prices go up, you still get an awesome trip. Oh, it's, out an, of it. it's. I mean, it's by far and away the best city to do it in in the in the southeast because it's because it's become a destination it's almost become like vegas where you know if you go out west oh let's go to vegas like oh if we're gonna go to the southeast let's go to let's go to nashville and then if you lose on friday you can go sell your tickets for face value oh on broadway gosh, you can you and, can sell you, you can, can milk sell it yeah you can milk them too that 
I mean, you could probably if you bought them a while ago, you could probably sell your your passes. You could sell one ticket to a good game for yeah you know, for the price that you pay, you paid for the whole package. All right, we gotta take a quick break. I'm gonna ask you one last question. Your honest opinion: What day do you see Auburn packing their bags and heading back home from Nashville? So I'm gonna we're, say so we're gonna start playing on Thursday. So I'm gonna say Saturday. Saturday, making it, making it, making it to the semis. Um. That would mean that we would go th- if we if all things are settled the way it is now we would go through Alabama on Saturday, or on Friday. Yes. Hey. Yes. I yeah. I like it. Saturday. You never know. Sunday maybe. This is March. Wonder how Rothstein's doing. We'll talk about that after we get back from break. Thank you guys for staying up with us. We will be back shortly. And welcome back. The third segment here, Barnes for Bed. Weagle 91.1. And I just got off the phone with Gene Steratore up in New York, and I believe Campbell lost some football tokens. Would you like to know why? Hmm, I, I would. Comparing the early years of Calipari oh, gosh. to the Patriots was incorrect because there is a very spot-on comparison, and it's actually sort of the same timeline, too, if you think about it. John Calipari is the Aaron Rodgers of college basketball. Won a championship early on, was every year knocking on the door, so much success, especially in their divisions, but just can't get that second one. I, I was speaking more on that's I mean that's that's a fair comparison, but I, I was speaking more on the sense that, you know, they were just always the team to beat in the SEC, so you know, everyone else just gets tired of it. You know, you, you always you always want to I mean, you grew up a Kentucky fan. Of course, you're going to think that you're not going to think that everyone hate, everyone hates you. But no one, no one, no one liked Kentucky. No one. You can ask any any fan base. Okay, but like, they like if they like Kentucky basketball, people hate no. Calipari. People don't dislike the player. Like, can you think of a Kentucky? I'm not talking about players. I'm just I'm talking about the program of itself. Not it's it has nothing to do with. It didn't even have anything to do with Calipari. Although that adds on to it because he's just. Yeah, he's just Calipari. So, like, would you see Drake shooting around in warm-ups and be like, I hate those guys? Was that, like, your thought process? No, it was just like, it. it's it just your, I mean, it's a good It's a good problem for y'all to have. Y'all were just dominating the SEC for a couple, for some of those years. And, you know, just kind of always the team, always the team to beat in the SEC. Cause, and the SEC has kind of had a renaissance of basketball, I'd say, in the last, like, uh, I don't know, six years. Like, kind of. So, I don't know. The that's kind of that's kind of what I meant by that. It's like know. that. You know that one meme of the Ninja Turtles where it's like the I'm, I never grew up a Ninja Turtles fan. So it's like the head the head Ninja Turtle like holding the hands of them when they're babies, and then like there's the second picture of where the head Ninja Turtle's like super Master, old. Master Splinter is that his name? Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm thinking. Like because throughout my I know exactly life, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. and that, it's like Kentucky is Master Splinter, and then the like. Michelangelo, that's a Ninja Turtles name, right? Yeah. He, Michelangelo's Michelangelo. like Auburn, Tennessee, Arkansas, Alabama are now like carrying Kentucky to the finish line. But oh, anyways, yeah. there's a good there's a good one of those of uh, the Big East this year is Villanova. It was like Villanova, in yeah, the past, yeah, holding, like UConn, uh, like like uh, Providence, Xavier, and all them, and then it's like Xavier, Providence, and all them holding you holding yeah, up Villanova. Yeah. There, there was one last year that really hurt me because I one of the main things I was excited about coming to Auburn was obviously football and hoping for the the Auburn football success of the early 2010s. But it was like Auburn football was the guy, and then it was like basketball, gymnastics, all the other baseball. We've gotten some good baseball years, but that's a topic for I'd say. Let's give we it. We got we got some good baseball years right now. Oh, we have some fantastic baseball years, but um. 
we talked about this a couple weeks ago, may have been last week, about how this college basketball season sort of reminds us of that infamous, unpredictable 2007 football season. And I did a little research today before the show. And if you look at the preseason top 10 compared to now, from my quick glance over back at my notes, I count four teams that were in the preseason top 10 that are still in the top 10. But that's not the thing that fascinates me. It's the teams that are still there. Houston, Kansas, not a shocker, really. That's the one outlier. UCLA, I believe that's a shocker. I did not see them having the success without Johnny Juzang, but they're still here. Baylor, that one surprises me. I thought with the Big 12 and Texas and all these other schools having success that Baylor would have fallen out of the top 10 at this point. But they're still here. And then yeah. you have the teams that have risen up. Oh, Gonzaga was the last one. Gonzaga, I mean, Gonzaga is always going to be there. It, even it, it, They're just always going to be around. They're that one, they're the fringe guy. Like of blue bloods, it's like, do we really invite them? Like they don't have anything to offer as an offering, being like accolades and titles, but they're always there. And then you look at the teams from the preseason that are now gone. North Carolina preseason number one. Tar Heel fans are already looking towards Madison Square Garden. Actually, no, they got a good win this past Saturday. They beat Virginia. I think Carolina's now, according to Lenardi, last four buys right there with Auburn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, no. I was looking at that today. They, I think they were still out as of this morning. Um, this is tweeted 13 hours ago from Lenardi. Yeah, they're still they're the number they're the last team in the first first four out or they're the next one in is as of as of this morning. Um, Auburn was the last team on the last four buys, so or we will be dropping to the last four in likely. So looking looking at a uh, play-in game. Would you be interested in a road trip to Dayton, Ohio, to watch us take on Carolina? Take on Carolina. I, I see that Garber grin. You're definitely thinking about it. Is that that would be midweek though, right? It, about, it would definitely be on a Wednesday. Yes. It would, yeah, it would be on a Wednesday. It'd be hard logistically to do, but because uh, that's like a full on like you need a hotel. Yeah. You can't just you can't roll the dice on Dayton, Ohio. They need do they need to change that up, or do you think they should always keep it Dayton? Is it always in Dayton? I don't think it's ever been switched. I, I guess I, that's kind I, of like a perfect setting for such. Yeah, a like, I mean, I think you just got to be like decently centrally located. I think that's like. That's yeah, gotta, that's got to uh, be that's the center of America. Of the it's got to be. It can't be like far east coast, west coast, like for that. I don't know. No, I probably would not. Um, Is that like the Shreveport Independence Bowl of college basketball playing in Dayton? <laughs> playing the playing game. Yeah. No, I actually – this was a controversial take I've had with some with some friends, but I I was saying it kind of last week and going into this week a little bit. I wouldn't hate a, I wouldn't hate a playing game. Give me some – because the playing games are like – they're March Madness, but it's not. We've you know, seen two – You know, it's, 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 a weir- it's a weird – it's a weird stretch, like weird – I wouldn't – it's not like preseason football, but it's like – it's not – it's not the real thing. You're waiting until th- – you're waiting until Thursday. It's – then the game gets played on Tuesday. Yeah, does it really count? If, like, if you if, – let's say you're a team like 
Seton Hall or Providence and you get in that game, do you hang a banner as like I've, NCAA tournament 2023? Does that I don't count? think you get to because I think if you lose, I don't think you made the tournament. Interesting. Think, but I mean, they call it the first round, though. They call the, the round of 64 the second round. No, it's the first four. I swear they call it. Maybe they, cha- the they might have changed that. But originally when they made that deal with TBS and extended it to 68 or Turner Sports and they had all these networks, which is by far the best deal ever made in broadcast history when it comes to sports. Thank the Lord oh, ESPN did not get that oh, deal. In TB- TBS and uh, True TV are... This is their favorite time of the year. They they're getting yeah they're, no okay well, you're gonna licking their it. chops for getting getting half of America tuned in. Yeah, do you want some uh Tuesday, do you want some nightmare fuel Wednesday real quick? Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. You want some nightmare? All right, picture this scenario. Auburn is a let's say we're a ten seed and Duke's a seven seed. Kyle Flipowski on True TV hits a Leitner esque fadeaway buzzer beater after we blew, like, a 15-point lead, and then you look up and Impractical Jokers is on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get a you get an Impractical Joker. I yeah. think that that's is... The, that's the classic. You, you fall asleep watching March Madness at home, and you just wake up, and it's Impractical Jokers, and you're yeah, it's March. That's worse than, like, your team losing that CBS primetime game, and then you have to watch 60 minutes. You're just like, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, Carolina, disappointing. Would you say the Zags are disappointing this year with Timmy coming back? Because we haven't heard any noise from them. They've been the talk of college basketball the past few years. Yeah, I disappointing. I don't think that's the correct word. I think it's definitely they've been quiet this year, but they're still a top ten Ken Palm team. I mean, they've got the number one adjusted offense according to Ken Palm. Yes, they're playing in the WCC, but you, you know they. I don't know. It's one of those teams where it's like they've been. They've been kind of they've, – they've had a couple spotty losses, and I think part of that reason is because St. Mary's is also strong, and they've been kind of – they've kind of taken more of the story from the WCC just because it's a conference. They play so late at night. No one really watches them. Yeah. And they're kind of getting the shine, but I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, definitely not the dominance that we've seen in years past. Um, yeah. Moving so, down the line, Houston exceeded my expectations. Kentucky, oh, yeah. failure. Baylor exceeded my expectations. Kansas lived my expectations. Duke failed. UCLA exceeded. Creighton failed. Arkansas, they get a pass. Would yeah, I, I, I'd give Arkansas a pass because, you know, losing their best guy. Um, yeah, it, no, it's been a weird year. Um, honestly, looking at it, it's not all too – the rankings aren't all too off. You know what you're saying? It's mm-hmm. not It's not that, but it is it is off enough to where it just – and it goes back. We talked about this a couple shows ago. Like, you still don't know who that dominant team is. You know that who that, you know that team that you're just like how. I guess Houston. I, Houston's got to be the best example of that. But they're playing in the American, and it's just it's not, it's not as battle tested as any as any of the Power Fives. I truly believe if this Brandon Miller thing didn't happen, that Alabama would have been the top pick on the ESPN bracketology. Would would you agree? Because they have veteran guards, a star player, a coach who has a modernized offense that fits March, and then yes. they've been on thin, thin ice these past three games. And tonight, I thought that was the night that the ice was going to break, but we said the chapter was going to close. So, any uh, anything you're looking forward to this particular March, or any anything that catches your eye? All of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to taking in 
just basketball around the clock. But uh, really, honestly, conference tourneys are going to be awesome. I think. I there's think so many teams on the so bubble. many teams, and there's the so bubble. many prime time teams on like high market teams, if you will, in the bubble. Yeah, I'm looking at it, it's like Oklahoma State, Michigan, North Carolina on the first four out. Like the next four out, you know, you got Texas Tech, Penn State, you know, teams like that. Yeah, Oregon's still hanging around. Villanova's even still hanging around. The, what I was gonna say is going into conference tourneys, very slept on sports time of the year is you know it's right before. It's the warm-up to Mark It's the appetizer. It's, it's the appetizer, and it's a great appetizer. You, you know, it's probably like Rothstein's in heaven right now. This is his dream to stay uh, wide open March. Yeah. But you know who is probably just nervous as all get out is Turner Sports. Because this would be the year that we would have like a Butler-UConn-VCU type of Final Four. Yeah, I can see a weird UConn. Well, UConn, I really... I, I was just using the, the example. But they're, but they're the team. I think they're a team to watch still. I really think it's sneaky. And that's what I was going to get to was the SEC and the Big East tournament have to be two of my favorites. But I'm looking forward to looking f- to watching those tournaments because both those are wide open. There is not a dominant team, a by far and away dominant team. You could say Marquette, but Marquette's can get beat. The Big East is going to be, you know, you got yeah. big players like Ro- Providence, you got Xavier. Uh, Villanova's still hanging around. Like I said, they're still on the bubble. They're still. Looking strong, um, Marquette. Is Nova on the bubble? I swear they're five hundred. Uh, according to Lenardi, they're they're still considered. They're in the considered category. Yeah, speaking of Nova, you excited so like, here? They'd have to do a little run. Yeah, you excited the, to hear Jay Wright on the call of this tournament? Really? Is he, yeah, he's uh is he employed by CBS. Wow, that I'm interested to see the that. final four. Has he been crew. calling games all year? He called the Kentucky Louisville game this past year. How, how did he? I, I mean, I, he's I, obviously a basketball savant. Had some great takes. Was, was, I mean, you're not gonna, Mike. you're not gonna get like a raftery out of him. No, or, no. like a Dickie V. But I mean, he's definitely like, I'd say he's more like he's. It was his first time too, but he could definitely be like a Billis type of guy where you can tell he's very knowledgeable about what he's talking about. But I mean, Billis awesome. has grown to be like an entertainer too. Um, but yeah, no, we're we uh running a little low on time, so let's go ahead and take a another break before we wrap it up here this Wednesday night. Thank you guys again for staying up with us and we will be back shortly. And welcome back. Me and Garber are going to finish this one off here with a little game and a game that was inspired by my Twitter feed today. Weagle's very own Griggs Blankenberg responded to a tweet that asked, what are your top five favorite sporting events? And as much as we love Griggs here at Weagle, I strongly disagree with his five, which was March Madness at the one, and then the two through five was in order, the Champions League, FIFA World Cup, Masters, and then MLB opening day. And the original tweet consisted of one through five in order, March Madness, college football regular season, which me and Garber both agreed is not a event. That is a, I would say that's just just a season. If you're picking your favorite seasons, uh, the Masters, Olympics, and the Super Bowl. So let's try with our let's embrace debate. Let's yeah, embrace debate. And we got eight minutes left, to, or excuse me, seven minutes left to go. I say we just finish up, go back and forth until the time ends, and just see who's the better one. So Garber, I'll, I'll let you start first. Yeah. So we we were talking about it. I think it's hard to it's it's hard to argue 
maybe we're just a little biased, but it's hard to argue March Madness is not number one. Yeah. March Madness is clear-cut the number one choice. I mean, it's just those first two rounds especially. I mean, it, and I love all of them, but it's that first two rounds that, you know, four straight days of just consuming basketball all day. I mean, that it's awesome. Like, nothing beats being in being either at work, being at school, having it pulled up. You're just live streaming on your phone, live streaming. Like, that was the best in high school on that Thursday. You're live streaming in class, like – you're just you're tuning out. You t- the world stops during March Madness for me. Like during those the first rounds, the world stops, and it's just awesome. So many upsets. Go there. Um, two's got to be the Super Bowl. It's just everything built around it. I think is what also like is incredible. Oh, you just want to go one through five. I was thinking more of like a a draft type setting, but it, I'll, I'll are we drafting. I'll, are we drafting? Are we, you know, are let's we, just we, let's just do one through five because I feel like with our different sports brains. We will come up with a different one through five, and I'd love to hear your explanation for each. Yeah, so I'm I'm going Super Bowl. I mean, obviously the NFL playoffs. I mean, I'm not going to take the NFL playoffs, even though March Madness is the whole playoffs. I can take the whole NFL playoffs, but if you if you let me, I would. But it's just the Super Bowl is so standalone. It's 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 built up on the highest pedestal any of any game, other than I guess like you could say the World Cup final. I don't know. I'm not for me. I've never really grown up a soccer fan. I'm, I don't really ever watch it, so it's not as not as important to me. But certainly the Super Bowl is every year. It brings everyone in, in America together. You know, and, and you don't even have to watch football. You're going to watch the Super Bowl. It's awesome. You have a party for it. Love it. Been been some great games, especially this past year. Um, three is where it gets gets more interesting. I love the Masters. Um, I think it's just it's part of it's the beauty of the course, beauty of like the stream. It's just it's so classic. There's a lot of history there. Some of the best golf being played, golf being played at the highest level. Um, it's very. It's, I'm definitely not the biggest golf watcher. I do I do like to tune in most weekends whenever there's a tournament. I like to tune in for a little bit, but I'd say the Masters, and it's definitely it's certainly a bucket list item for me to you know attend. This is where four and five gets tricky for me. I'd say the Stanley Cup, just based off you know being from Nashville, I mean, like having a uh, you know a team, a dog in the hunt. You know the Preds win in 2017. I unfortunately did not get to go to any of those games, but the atmosphere in NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, the Stanley Cup Finals, because it's home and home, kind of like the NBA. You get those home crowds, and it's just it's incredible atmosphere. It's all ins- it's insane, and it's the best trophy in sports, too. The Stanley Cup, I mean, it's the original trophy. It's, there's only ever been one. It just grows. Everyone everyone who's ever been on a team that's won it has a name on the cup. There's so much history there, and I just I love hockey. So I'm putting that at four. And then five, five is where it gets tricky. Um, World Series is great. NBA playoffs, is, NBA finals is cool. Um like I said, I'm definitely more of an NFL and NHL guy in those senses. But I'm going to just gonna throw this one in there because it's a sporting event that I'd really love to go to. Um, I think I'm. I think I might have to go Kentucky Derby. It's a. It. I, I know. It's. I know. Wild. Wild. Trey is. Wow. Trey. Trey is surprised by the pick, but it really is. It's the. If you think about it, it's one of the only times anyone ever tunes. People, everyone tunes in. 
because you got nothing to do. So it's like you turn you tune into the Kentucky Derby, you watch it. It's always awesome. This past year was it was a crazy story that Rich Strike, you know, Penny Horse Dime. I don't know what the term was for it, but yeah, yeah, I get Kentucky, I get, I get Kentucky Derby. I'd say of things, I don't know if that's what I look forward to the most in the year, but I put it there, my number five. Interesting. So my common theme throughout all these, and this is what makes sports so special and makes it more interesting, is just the idea of unity, where it brings an entire group of people together and something where it shuts down. And also just my pure enjoyment watching it. So if you combine those two together, obviously number one, as you alluded to, the country shuts down. Professors cancel classes. You call in sick to work, school, get out. You join your buddies, you bring in a TV from a different apartment, sit down, just watch basketball the entire day, bracket competition. It's just such a beautiful time of the year. There's nothing that truly beats it, and I can go on and on. And then number two, I, I feel like both of them, sort like in, and they're both unique. What, the Super Bowl shuts down the United States for one day, but the World Cup shuts down the globe for three weeks. So that's why I'm going to put the World Cup, and it comes around every four years. So I'm going to put that at two. So, and then I'm going to put the Super Bowl at three because it is, is I'll say it, it's an American holiday in my book. And we've talked about before how that Monday should always either be, there should be something on that Monday where people have the next day off. As in like, why not have, what's, there's something, there's something in February that's always like you get out of school, right? It's, um. Uh, Never mind. I can't President's think. Day. I was yeah, I was about to say President's Day. Um but yeah, the Super Bowl is beautiful. It's American all I mean it's a concert, it's a festival, it's a party, it's everything. It's uh, it's awesome. So there's one, two, and three, March Madness, World Cup, Super Bowl, four, and th- this is why I, I I'm gonna say the Masters because I'm not particularly a huge golf guy, but I watch the Masters just to, due to how big it is. And I love how exclusive Augusta is, too. How it's such, like, a like what other, like, stadium or, like, arenas, like, you have to be, like, a member there. To yeah, you can't just buy your way yeah. in. It's beautiful. And then buzzer beater, number five. I cannot believe you said the Kentucky Derby. That's awesome. That, but um, number five, I, I feel like the square picture would be the Olympics, but I don't really feel like... That that is really draws my attention. I know a lot of people put the Olympics there at five, but really for me, it's not doesn't have that much. Even because like the ones that I'm really passionate, we just dominate. So it's sort of not that interesting. Man, I'm stuck. What would number? Because the NBA. Finals, I want to rethink. I want to rethink my five. No, you can't backtrack from the Kentucky Derby. You're. I'm, like, I do love it. I do love the Kentucky Derby. I'm looking. I was kind of. I kind of got myself stuck in the mindset of just championships, and. Because that's generally what are most looked at. If you could go like rivalry, rivalry week, college football. Yeah, that's a good one. Omaha, very slept on. Omaha college baseball, World Series, very slept on. And then I do love the Winter Olympics. I I love watching it. I just like I don't know why. I don't care at all, really. But yeah, so that I guess if I those are my honorable mentions. Actually, I'll put. Um... I'll sort of contradict what Griggs put with the MLB opening day. What about college football opening Saturday? So like that kick starts the 
these sports watching for the next eight months. That's true. Me. That yeah, actually, that might that. And might you get be college football from Thursday to Monday, and that's the only time because you get Thursday through Monday NFL every year, but that's the only time of the year where you get Thursday through Monday. College well, it, football. In, it ends the long, long wait. Oh, of college August football. and July. I mean, August so and brutal. July, you're just you're just you're you're fiending for college football. You you, you want it every day and. It finally comes. Yeah, yeah and like you get like it all starts like you get media day in July, and then it's just that wait. Ugh. Yeah, but we'll we'll talk about that later because we got March, we got thirty days. Rothstein, if you're out there listening for some reason, I'm with you, brother. Grab your nitrocillin pills. Is that what he always tweets? Nitroglycerin. 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 All right. Be prepared to not sleep for two months. Yeah, don't go to bed tonight. If you don't remember anything else from this episode, just remember, we sleep in May. But anyways, we'll close on that one. Thank you guys so much again for staying up and listening to us. We will be back in two weeks with special guest Will Compton from TCU joining us to break down brackets. By then, Selection Sunday will already have occurred, and all eyes will be on Dayton, Ohio, baby. Actually, after the episode, we can go back home and watch the uh, first four. It's a lot to look forward to. So excited for this month. Lot, lots of great ball ahead and lots of memories to be made or a lot of heartbreak. Who knows? But from Trey Atkins and Campbell Garber, once again, thank you guys. And we will be back in two weeks. Sleep tight, Tiger fans. And as always, War Eagle. Love you guys. Thank you all for listening from us here at Barners Before Bed. We hope you join us next Wednesday at 10 p.m. right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Sleep tight, Tiger fans. And as always, War Eagle.